Hey, it's May, and welcome back to Beauty Talk, the podcast where we talk about all things beauty. On this week's episode, we're doing what you've been asking for for the last eight months. Ever since I had my friend Tessa on to talk about beauty, y'all have been asking for another guest. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce my grandmother, Sarah Bacchus. So before we begin the actual interview questions... Do you want to tell us a couple things about yourself to kind of introduce you to my listeners? You should. Oh, okay. Um, Safta currently works in researching and developing breast cancer and other types of cancer medications. She's had a bunch of pageants, but she's also had a variety of other interesting jobs. I believe you worked at a restaurant. You worked at a skincare company that you helped found, which we'll talk about a little bit later. So you've had a lot of experience with beauty. You're now in your 70s. So you've had a lot more time to learn about the differences in beauty as they develop over time. Something we talk a lot about on Beauty Talk is confidence. So something I would like to ask you is when do you feel most beautiful? I have nice makeup on and my hair looks really good and I have a nice dress. I feel really confident. Why do you think that is? I think women have been judged the way they're looking and I realized that you have to present yourself the best you can. However, without my family, of course, I feel beautiful without any makeup and just wearing whatever I feel like wearing. Mm-hmm. How would you describe your confidence right now? Do you feel very confident or a little bit more nervous? Uh, I probably feel... Uh, I probably feel confident because I'm all made up and I have a nice dress on and I just visited my new home which looks beautiful so I have a lot of confidence but as you go older you kind of lose a little bit of your confidence about your looks. We've also talked a lot or I've talked a lot about how beauty has progressed over the last couple of decades. So I'm really interested what the kind of beauty, skincare, and makeup was like when you were growing up. Was that as mainstream as it is now? Or what was expected of young ladies at the time to present themselves as? So when I grew up, less people, less young people wore makeup. And all we were putting is moisturizers. And we never really nourished our skin. We didn't, all the idea of nourishing skin came lately, I would say in the last 15 years, where using science and using biocosmeceutical small things that can help the skin and build the skin came in, came in to the market. On that same vein, was there anything that you did when you were younger that you think helped your skin or your hair now? Anything that your parents taught you to do? So my parents weren't really into beauty, but I'm very light skin and very light hair. So I never sat in the sun just to get good tan, which at that time was very unpopular, but that really saved my skin. And now I can say that uh, compared to other people, my skin is really nice. 
So the sun is your biggest enemy. Always wear a sun protection because this is really your biggest enemy for the skin. I know that you definitely taught me to wear sunscreen very early, even before I was involved in beauty. You would have me reapply it too, which a lot of people don't know. And then the other thing that you taught me to do is to heat up chamomile tea and put that in my hair to make it shinier. And that has also been a game changer. So if you haven't done that before, you totally should. It works really well. Yeah, it does really well. Chamomile tea makes your hair very silky and beautiful. And uh, just, I know that you put a lot of moisturizing and really work on your scalp. I used to put egg egg on my scalp to help, uh, to help it being nourished. And that was very unconventional. That's actually quite common now. Really? Yeah. On, wow. on the internet, you open up, you type in like DIY hair mask, and almost all of them, you either have one with avocado, which is very nourishing, or you have ones that have egg, and a little bit, maybe even apple cider vinegar to be clarifying, and they'll put a little bit of oil, mix it up, and dump it on your hair. I know a lot of people are skeptical about those, but it's interesting that you were doing that way before that was popular to do. That's true. The other thing I think, and I have kind of thick, long hair, was helpful again because of the sun. I used to wear uh, hats. I still wear hats everywhere and that protected my hair and my skin as well. You're practically unrecognizable without your like massive sun hat. It's like a staple feature. I, I know and they called me, uh, yeah, actually I'm, people think I do it just for the effect, but I do it really not to have my hair exposed to the elements. Yeah, that's really smart. So we talked about some of the other things that you've been doing more recently. Are there a couple of maybe interesting jobs that you've done in the past that you want to talk about? Yeah, well, I learned to be a chef and that was out of necessity because when I was a student, I didn't have a lot of money and I was interested in cooking. So I became a helper in a restaurant and slowly I learned how to cook almost professional you were no it is professional like i you could open a pop-up restaurant and everybody would walk away like that is some of the best food that i have ever had it's amazing so that really tells you that sometime out of necessity you learn some new jobs or yeah. new things that you can use later on in life as a matter of fact being in a restaurant made me also better scientist because I knew how to run laboratories, how to be sure that everything is yeah, well equipped. Like management right. of labs, yeah, yeah, which was obviously helpful later. I believe you also worked in the beauty industry for a yeah. little bit. You want to tell us about your experience with that? Yes. So as we learned about the cells, and you know your body is made out of cells, and when we learned about the biology of it, I realized that I can take some of my knowledge from the medical field and put it into what is called biocosmeceuticals. The name of my company was called Celuvia, and it actually sold on Amazon and sold everywhere. And there I put all kinds of nourishing and growth factors, which are now 
the mainstream one which people are using, the hyaluronic acids, things like that were not very prevalent at the time I grew up and I was the first one to use it. How was it working as a woman in that field? Did you find that you were taken advantage of or that people underestimated you? People underestimated me because they thought I was a dumb blonde and I used it to my advantage. How, how would you do that? Like, would you prove them wrong in a way that made them embarrassed? Or what would you do to kind of show them that they were wrong? I just stuck to the project or to the subject. I didn't let them talk about anything else. I actually liked to dress differently and I still dress differently. And actually, I didn't care. I just tried to be myself and I didn't care what they said. And slowly they came to respect me and didn't care what I was wearing. Yeah, and now those people like reach out to you and they didn't somebody like reach out to you and apologize or something? Like definitely that happens as well as people realize many years later that you were right. Yes. And they go out of their way to apologize. That's true. And I actually seen a women in a very important jobs in science and in medicine. And they look like women, they put makeup, they put beautiful clothes, and people are used to it. At the time when I was doing it, which will be almost 40 years ago, people were not used to women being feminine, but now feminine is fine. Yeah. If we were to look into your makeup or your skincare closet, your cupboard, whatever you use to store your products right now, what would be the first things on the shelf? What are you reaching for the most often these days for your routine? It's really good question. So I would say that moisturizing and skin protection, sun protection is number one. Yeah, you, you live in a really hot place. You I live yeah. right next to Palm Springs, so that's especially important. Yeah, I live in the desert, so I moisturize, moisturize, moisturize my body and my face. However, as more mature person, I have to nourish my skin with all kinds of aluronic acid and vitamin C, vitamin D. I use a lot of those products because I think it's really good to nourish your body with vitamins by eating right, but it's also important to nourish your skin, although the outer skin is dead, the inner, inner skin. So we have the epidermis, which is the outer skin, and the dermis, which is the inner skin, and you need to nourish it so it will look nice and, uh, and unwrinkled. Yeah, a lot of people really don't understand that you can't just do one or the other. You can't cut out dairy completely and then do nothing or use very bad products on your skin. And you also can't get facials every week and have like this amazing routine, but eat McDonald's hamburgers for most of your meals. You really need a balance of the two of them to achieve that glowy, dewy skin that we're all looking for right now. Correct. I t totally agree with you. As a matter of fact, I have to say I never had facials. I do my own facials every day. Yeah, I do the same. It works honestly better and it saves us a lot of money that we can Correct. spend on better things. And finally, because 
I know you personally, and I know this has affected you. How has the pandemic changed how you look at beauty, not just in your skincare and makeup, but also in your inner beauty and the way you think about yourself? So I became much more introspective and I didn't care as much about my outer look. However, my granddaughter, May, helped me a lot by telling me you should put makeup, you should take care of your skin, even during the pandemic for yourself. And that actually helped me a lot because when you look good, you feel better. So my skin routine, as I was saying to you, is divided to two, nourishing and giving some supplements to the skin on the the dermis, the under the outside Mm -hmm. of the epidermis. And then for that, I use a lot of products called Skin Medica and special, there are special creams and special yeah. serums that are doing fantastic job. And then when I want to put vitamins, I use SkinCeuticals, which has vitamin C and vitamin D. And I use a lot of their moisturizer as well. Even though these are high-end products because you've been using them for so long, I think you're really able to say that they're worth their price. Because what, you've been using these for like 15 years, more, something like that? I would say 20, 25, 20 years probably. Yeah, so sometimes we see products that are good and then in a while we find out that they have long-term effects that are not good. But this is really like a testament to these products, these brands will not give you long-term negative effects, but they will give you long-term positive effects. That's very true. I wanted to say that I had for a short time used something really expensive called La Prairie and they were extracts from caviar and it was just total waste of money. I think, I wouldn't say necessarily like right now, snail extracts are, and snail slime is actually like coming back into fashion and Korean beauty. And I wouldn't say necessarily that it's bad. It's good. Yeah, it's really good. But I think definitely that brand is giving you the same thing that you can get for cheaper on Korea or on Korean sites for a marked up price. I've looked into that brand and the reasons that I've seen that they're so expensive is nothing. Like, they don't have really any excuse to be that expensive except for good profit margins for investors. I agree. So the rule of thumb should be look at the ingredients, think what they will do for you, and choose your skincare according to ingredients rather than what the price is. Definitely. Just for your parting goodbyes of this lovely interview, I feel like we learned so much about you, about your journey with beauty, and even learned a couple of tips along the way. Do you have any parting advice for our listeners? It doesn't need to be beauty related. Just anything that you think people should know that you've learned in your life. I learned in my life a few lessons. Number one, family is the most important thing. In the end, you care about your children, your grandchildren, and you love them. Love is important and feel confident. Do what you feel like doing. If you love what you do, you never want to stop it. A lot of my friends that didn't like their jobs are retired now. 
I continue to walk because I love what I do. So my suggestion to all of you, choose something that you cannot wait for tomorrow to go to work.